Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Sitting next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. I would like to take this time at the front of the podcast to probably apologize for how I sounded over the past couple episodes. Who are you apologizing to, to me? To everybody. To you, to the audience. What? To, you know, I just, I've been in a bad mood because of how stressed and busy we are. Oh, no, that's 100% correct. But particularly, outside of your influence, I have been surly. I'm such a positive person. So any even reference to me having an influence that makes you in a bad mood and surly is absurd. Because I am one of the most positive people. I'm naturally happy... Anybody that brags about all that is definitely... To help balance my mental state. <laughs> so, you know, I think that's, uh, it's all you. Yeah, drink the tea you forced me to make for I you before. I didn't force you. I asked you nicely and you said yes. I don't I think you asked nicely. You. Like, can you make me a tea? I said, can you please make me a tea? I don't think you said please. I did say please. I'm in a lot of pain. My mouth really hurts. Still? Yeah. What do you mean, still? For, like, just one filling getting fixed? Yeah, it but shouldn't it was, be that long, babe. Well, it was right all the way in the back, and my mouth Well, to be fair, the back, <laughs> the back of your mouth is, like, three exits down on the highway. <laughs> yeah, baby, and I'm what, back. And what were you saying about being in a bad mood? I'm in a great mood, thank you. <laughs> I, was in a, I was in a fine mood before this, but now I'm even better. Why were you in a fine mood before this? No, I was just in a fine mood. Charlie's color form city. <laughs> My daughter's yeah. amazing impressions of you. Yeah, that that helps. And you know, we're we're nearing it's it's June twenty first. Uh, happy first day of summer. Um, we're we're a week and a half away from being on our new house, and the repairs are going great. I you know I got this new job, you know it's going. Uh, no one's. Got mad at me yet? That's a, that's a positive. Great. I finished WMEC Masters. Um, I'm doing good. But did I got, you really finish it? Because don't you don't, don't not know. get me started. No, I mean we'll never know. We'll never know. We'll have to wait until the oral history comes out when they talk to everyone and see about potentially what they had planned. That's going to be a big a big moment for for everybody, the fandom, if you, if you will. Uh, no, I'm in a good mood. And anytime I can throw in a reference to your mouth being as big as a highway, I'm happy. Does the dentist have to, like, clear the building for the work? Like, like, because get that power tool, that, like the jackhammer in there. Are you done? I might sprinkle a couple in throughout the show, but for the most part, yeah, I'm done. Cool. If you're new here, this is normally what happens at the beginning of the show. I find a way to make fun of my wife, and then we talk about our lives. And then my we, life oh, sucks. And then, <laughs> then we ultimately get to talk about also, a random movie from the movie podcast. My mouth was numb. I like bit my tongue really hard. And I bit my lip really hard. Yeah, I didn't how know we... until now because now I can feel them. I just started gushing blood. I didn't know what was happening. You weren't gushing blood. I was. You weren't paying attention to me. I was gushing blood over here. Anytime you gush blood, I try to avoid you. If you know what I mean. Oh my god, you're so funny. Thanks. You should do improv. Thanks, Charlene. Um, oh my god, what? <laughs> yes. What was that? There's also a bit of Paul Bear <laughs> sprinkle in there. That was weird. Um, so today, episode 399, <coughs> you can believe it, 
uh, we're making it to 400 episodes of this podcast. In two and a half years' time, we will pass Podswoggle as the biggest waste of my time <laughs> in history. Um, uh, no, you did like 900 of Rockcast. No, we did like like 80 of those. Oh, that, really? That was, yeah, there were it just felt like you guys did a yeah, lot of Yeah, I feel like I started doing podcasts in like 1998 at this point. I think I was the first podcaster. Uh, so today, you you also it's kind of a banner. Podcaster. It's kind of a banner. This is the, uh, the last movie that we set out to watch when we pre-planned our putting our house up for sale on our moves. Everything else that we've picked is has been set up to run off of streaming platforms if need be, because who knows how long it's going to take for me to unpack our movies once we move into the new house in right. a week and a half's time. And the same thing will happen for the movie that we randomly draw today, because today's movie is a random movie, The Revenant, uh, first time watching for both of us. Also first time watching for us was uh, one movie we saw for Father's Day weekend this past Saturday. Happy belated Father's Day to uh, your, you if you're a father and your fathers if you are not a father. We went and all the fathers in your lives. Uh, we went and saw Lightyear. Um, one of the few people. Well, no, I mean, still, this is how crazy box office in the world is right now. Is that uh, Lightyear, a animated movie in 2022, can make 50 plus million dollars opening weekend and be considered a a big failure. Yeah. I mean, when you when you put it in Toy Story world, it is. Well, yeah, but, exactly, because it's Toy Story. World. Um, but it got it got good reviews, but it didn't get great reviews. Um, I think what we saw, what you said was was best. It's like they're just they're just there's no sucking sucking the the teat dry. They're just here. sucking that Toy Story teat dry. They're just trying to make money and everything. It's not. It was. It's not a necessary addition to. It was fine. It was fine. I, I still liked it. Yeah. It was definitely my I least. I love socks. Yeah. My it was, favorite character ever. It was my least favorite Toy Story thing I've probably ever seen. Mm, okay. What would you say? It's better including than toys- all of the shorts. I love all the shorts. Yeah. I, I. I mean, I don't think there's a short mm. that I've disliked, and all like the TV specials and mm-hmm. stuff. Okay. Yeah, I definitely think I. I, I Toy Story Four was better. It just was so fucking unnecessary. Right. I think it was well done. I think there were a couple of big things. I was like, I don't know why they did that. I didn't... This may be... We normally don't get into spoilers here. So if you don't want Lightyear spoiled for you, maybe fast forward like... Two minutes. Two minutes. Um, this isn't really a spoiler. It just was, to me, a transition from how the movie was supposed to be built. I thought... That Lightyear, the movie, was supposed to be based on, like, the true story of, like, Buzz Lightyear. I thought Buzz Lightyear was a character that, like, actually existed in the Toy Story world. Or was, like, influenced by a, um, an actual astronaut. Was when this movie was first announced as how it was, how it was propositioned, I think. Right. Like, Andy got his favorite toy in 1995. This is the movie that Toy is from. Well, no, that's no, no, supposed no, no. to be what it is. Well, that's what it was. I thought was that Buzz Lightyear was a real person or like was a Historical was a takeoff figure. Yeah, in some world. manner of speaking, like sure. it was like here's the real Buzz. And this movie starts with like, like it's a fucking historical drama. In 1995, Andy got a, a toy from his favorite movie. This is that movie, and I was like, okay, I, I guess that makes sense. Like there'd be toys and stuff, but then like there was nothing like 1995 about it. Like they didn't like play with it at all or make it like that movie looks like it came out in 20 fucking two yeah. you know so that and a couple other things i thought it was fine uh, jillian liked it which you know is a, a, we're reaching that point with her movies that's i'm seeing all of them that i'm like yeah she liked it so i'm, I'm ultimately happy but for a toy story movie i have higher expectations and it didn't meet them uh i also ventured out so i was off uh, yesterday um, celebrating Juneteenth. Not listen, celebrating it, but you know what I mean. Observing. Uh, observing. That's the, the phrase. So, um, I... <laughs> I had, um, uh, several people, people that, like, don't ever recommend movies at all, had done it for everything, everywhere all at once, which I still have not seen, and I want to take the time to go see, but it's going to wait at this point. Um, I took the time to go see Top Gun Maverick yesterday morning um, in a theater 
not a big theater. I mean, it's been a few weeks. I mean, it's still the highest grossing movie of the year so far, which is crazy to think about. Uh, and yeah, it's, it was fucking really good. <laughs> it was, uh, we joked that it's probably been, I probably have never seen Top Gun from beginning to end unedited. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, that's just a movie. Like, I've never put on Top Gun to watch Top Gun. If it's on TV, I'll leave it on. But it's probably been, God, 20 plus years since I had done that. Um, but, man, the movie catches you up just, like, in the most perfect way, like, right away. Oh, good. Like, you're just in it right away, and you just are very happy about it. The new, the new actors are great. It's got some of the most amazing, you know, action scenes and... and and cinematography that a big budget blockbuster can have, it 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 fucking kills. It's really good. It, yeah, it's it lives up to the hype. You're you're you feel good before, during, and after it. Uh, so check out Top Gun Maverick if you've been living under a fucking rock. You'll see it one day. Okay, I wanted to see it, but you wanted to go without me. So. Yeah, well, I just knew there was gonna be no way for us to go do it, and I didn't wanna. I didn't wanna miss it. So, so I had to miss it. So yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. Sorry that must have something terrible. Never mind. Uh, yeah, anything else? No. Let's get into today's movie. Random pick, The Revenant. Why are you sitting up? Because I want to... Can I get some more fucking light in here, please? Yeah, you have the remote for the thing. Good lord, it's turn dark. On. It's dark in here. If I'm going to do this, I want to make sure I can see what I'm talking about here. Why did... Why What? Why didn't you put on that light, too? That's all right. Okay. The Revenant, spectacular in every sense of the word, says Peter Travers, Rolling Stone. Tom Hardy is exceptional, says Jason Rostell, Examiner.com. Five stars, says Peter Bradshaw, The Guardian. Leonardo DiCaprio delivers the performance of a lifetime, says Matthew Pejkovic, Matt's Movie Reviews. What? Mm. Pejkovic. Okay. I also do say that word. That type is very small. I'm so glad that I'm not reading Oh, yeah, that. this sucks. Leonardo DiCaprio gives an Oscar-winning performance in Oscar winner Alejandro G. Inarritu's cinematic <sighs> masterpiece. I'm so glad I didn't read that. Yep. <laughs> oh, there's a period there. <laughs> uh, inspired by true events and winner of three Oscars, The Revenant follows the story of legendary explorer Hugh Glass DiCaprio on his quest for survival and justice. After a brutal bear attack, Glass is left for dead by a treacherous member of his hunting team, Tom Hardy. Against extraordinary odds and enduring unimaginable grief, Glass battles a relentless winter in uncharted terror. Fuck! Terrain! I was doing so well. This quote, boldly original, says Calvin Wilson, the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Epic adventure captures the extraordinary power of the human spirit in an immersive and visceral experience, quote, unlike anything you have ever seen, says Jake Hamilton, Fox TV. Woo! Damn it. Super you. Now I am winning by one. So I have 19 and you have 20. It's a 25, right? It's not like 400 doesn't end it. Okay. No, but it's it's to 25, but we have to have an even number. So you've read 28 Mm -hmm. titles and I've read 27 titles. Okay. So... Mm The nitty-gritty is coming. Uh, so this movie predated my, I'm going to make sure I see every Oscar movie stance uh, that I've now started, because it came out in 2015, 2016, something like after that. After Birdman. Oh, it was definitely after Birdman. So it was back-to-back with Birdman, because in Arido, one best director 2015. in back-to-back years. Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of like didn't rush this movie out, but people were unsure if it was going to make it in time. I mean, being the director, winning best director for a movie that won best picture and then turning right around the next year and making a big, sprawling, like epic movie with, at that time, the most lauded actor who had never won an Academy Award... Like, you gotta fucking, you know... You gotta bring it. Yeah, you, you can't miss. Um, but I couldn't have cared in the slightest because I was not a fan of Birdman. I was not a fan of Babel, which is the other Inarito movie that he had gotten acclaim for that I watched. Uh, just for the record, I 
strongly dislike the man. <laughs> There's something about him, both in his movies and in him when he accepts awards and when he's just talking that I feel like is very pretentious and pompous and very much that like sure. elitist director mode. I think Rich Absolutely. was explained it. He looks like he looks like uh oh, what was the phrasing? I don't know. He looks like Tim Burton. Actually I think what we've said I can't say on air. What <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> thinking about. He looks like a he looks like a uh, he looks like a Hispanic Tim Burton. I can say that. That's fine. Um so I had no interest in seeing this because also number two, I'm not a big like frontier what? era like that that era sucks. <laughs> Why do I want to be? You living? wouldn't want to live in 1820. No, not particularly. Why not? You wouldn't want to not. I like the bathe or I, brush. I like the your bathe, teeth. and I don't like the like skin hides for survival. Um. So yeah, so I just didn't, and some of the reviews, like, so it's like the high 90s in Rotten Tomatoes, and it was basically like either absolutely love it, or there was a, a pretty vocal minority that was just like, man, this movie kind of blows, um, or like, like just didn't like, you know, again, he kind of, in Arito as a director, kind of feels a little gimmicky, like, sure. Birdman was all about the one take, um, this movie was kind of predicated on... It's Leo, like, really going for his Oscar. He barely talks in it. Um, it's, like, this visceral, gritty movie. So I, I only bought it on Black Friday for cheap. So I was like, well, I, I eventually you should see this. I should see the movie that Probably Leonardo DiCaprio, our, our greatest living actor, arguably, won his first Oscar for. Um, so we watched it. And... I was shocked at how much I liked it. Really? <laughs> I really liked it. Uh, all, all of my... I liked all four and a half hours of it, too. <laughs> all of my potential downsides to it still existed to a certain extent, but were largely, by the end of it, forgiven because of what an overall experience I had. What was your review besides the fact that it was utterly too long? <laughs> I just, yeah, I just, it's way too long. It is way too long. Um, and uh, I don't know how necessary it was. Like, did I need to know the story of this guy from... It was a legendary explorer, according to the... Uh... Sure, sure. And this story was nothing like what his actual life was like. Oh, sure. So that's like, cool. I think, I think what right. I read quickly was he didn't have a wife or a kid. Right. It's <laughs> like, like, okay, well, that's pretty pertinent okay. to the story cool. that's being told to me. Right, right. It's like, it's like one thing when, like, in historical fiction, things like they combine two historical figures into one person or, yeah. or, or something like that, but you just create a family to give this guy something. It's like... That's not actually what happened. I like, mean, I, I've been somebody that's been a, a sure. proponent of that forever in terms of historical dramas, you know, taking liberties with the story at hand. I don't have as much of a problem with it because this is like an inspiration by true events as opposed to it's not like telling us black and white what happened. Sure. It's not a biopic. It's sure. like a, a, sure, a bridge not, story. Sure. But yeah, I mean, look. I think I would have, not, nothing in my life would have changed had I not seen this movie. And I think that's the best thing I can say about it. So you really didn't like it? I just wasn't a fan. I didn't, it, the most frontiersman I get. It's going to Frontierland at Disney World? It's going to Frontierland and Disney World and playing the Oregon Trail when I was 12. Mm -hmm. Okay? Loved the Oregon Trail, but every time I died of dysentery, and I feel like that's what I would have done had I lived in the 1820s, and I just could could have done without it. I didn't find any of the characters engaging. I, I didn't find most of the characters engaging. Okay. Um, I didn't... I didn't like just getting dropped in the middle of this story. Oh, you would rather they tacked on some time for yeah. uh, some mm -hmm. background? I would, I, would have, I would have rather they, they 
you know, shift it a little See, bit a lot, more. A lot of those... But I just, I just, I just... This isn't your type of movie at all. It's not my type it's of movie not, at all. It's not your type it's of movie right, at all. Whatever. Um, I disagree with you on dropping us in because I feel like we kind of are dropped in at the perfect time. Like, the story is about the the arduous sure, survival. I didn't understand any of that because it just you dropped else in. You, you, get, you get very early on the sense that Hugh Glass and his son Hawk, they lost... Uh, the, the matriarch of the family. They're helping these people um, with their pelts and navigating the terrain. Sure. They're ambushed by a Native American tribe. Which, which one? I think Because there's God. like five different ones. There's two. No, there's like three. There was them. two. There was the Araquac, which I'm probably saying wrong, and that just sounds like a duck tribe. Uh, and then Pawnees, which is where Hawk was from, and I think that was it. Because... The, the and the French, the French aren't a tribe. Okay, yeah. <laughs> You're just thinking of the French. Um, this movie is entirely too long. It's two hours and thirty six minutes. Yeah, it's way too long. The movie starts with two minutes of just watching water flow, and I was like, "Oh boy, I'm in for a long one here." Yeah. And it's kind of surprising. That it feel it feels I think it feels longer than it actually is because there are three or four absolutely engrossing, enthralling, amazing, amazingly tense sequences in this movie. Sure, one is right at basically at the jump. Of what I would argue in in this, I made sure I wasn't going to be using like hyperbole here in some of my research. But watching like the opening attack that they endure, honestly, in terms of how visceral it is and how wonderfully directed, which I hate giving the big of a compliment to Inaridu, and how great it turns out. The only thing I can compare it to, and this is probably going to be lost on you because you actually never seen the movie, is the D-Day sequence in Saving Private Ryan. Like, oh it, yeah, that's with Matt Damon, right? It is flawless in I, terms of like how the camera is moving, mm-hmm. and you have no idea who you could lose or what's happening in any waking moment. And like but the in the direction best, that it's coming from. Way, I like, liked when they started to incorporate more color too, with the blood scenes and like the blood in the water. And yeah. Just, I, I did like that. I mean, the, no lie, it's beautifully done. And the backdrop of it being in the snow and that stark contrast of the white. I mean, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful movie. And then when it gets gory and you have, like, the blood, like, juxtaposed with that. I mean, it it, it looks great. Yeah, it's, 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 it's... But it was boring as fuck to me. So. See, I, I, so, back to my point. So, you have that stretch. You have probably the most famous scene in the movie, which is when Leo gets basically gang-raped by one bear oh, for, that's a myth. for ten minutes. He did not minutes. get raped by the bear. I didn't say that. I, I said so basically. He... I said basically. The bear mauls the shit out of him. I know. Him. I did not realize it was going to be so vicious. It was like ten minutes, I felt it like. It was vicious, It but... just wouldn't stop. Well, but what the fuck did he think? He shot him in the face. He really thought that that one little shot, would... he could barely move that one little shot was going to take the bear down. Of course the bear's going to come over there and then remaul him. That bear fucks him it up. fucks him up. Don't um, fuck with that. I don't fuck with bears. So like that in the opener. What would you do? You know, have you seen those... Those videos. What would I do if a bear attacked me? I'd die. I'm no. dead. He should be dead. He should be There's dead. There's no way that but man you know, can survive that. You know part of the reason why we have those trash cans with the yeah. lids is to stop bears. What would you do if like you went out to get the trash one day Cool. and I, there's a bear? You can keep it. You have a trash <laughs> can now. And it saw you and then it started running towards you. I would close the garage. And what if it slipped under? I would keep running as fast as I could. I cannot run a bear. Well, it came in the house, and I was just sitting here on the Oh, couch. you're dead. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm surviving. I'm living. Julie, I'm guessing this happens when Jillian's at school. If she's here, I'll protect her. You're done. Bear's going to... You kidding me? Bear's going to 
be able to keep all the mouth meat for <laughs> for a long time. But back to my point, you keep interrupting. Those two sequences and then the climax of the movie um, and a couple other stretches in between some other attacks and, and action pieces, like you're jolted by them because of how violent they are and because of how amazing it's shot and how amazing it kind of plays out mm. that everything in between, which is basically another two hours of the movie mm-hmm. is it, it feels longer because you're waiting and anticipating for something to reach those heights again. And it has to calm itself down for those scenes. I feel like to work as well as they do. Um, I think now that's a fair point. Could it have still worked if instead of two hours surrounding those three or four scenes, you had, you know, one hour. I think so. I mean, there's like all the extra Arakara stuff of the other tribe, like them negotiating with the French, them on the them on the path to save uh, their member that's been kidnapped and is being assaulted by the Frenchman. Like, I'm good. Don't, didn't didn't get attached to any of that whatsoever. Um, it it's right in its deliberate nature. But when you're at the halfway point and you think you're almost done, you got yeah, then, then it feels a little bit. You got a, you got a problem there, and I just because I have a vendetta, I feel like against the fucking man. I attribute a lot of that to the hubris and the indulgence of Inaridu. Like the scene where he meets uh, the guy that helps him later on, and they eat the bison, which Leonardo Caprio legitimately ate a fucking like bison spleen for this the man just just give the man the award (laughs) just just give him the award he's doing everything he can doing everything he can come on then you have like this artsy voiceover uh where like he's you know imagining his wife and and, and, you know retracing his past uh then also like he's hallucinating at one point throughout all that um it's it's just it just gets to be a little bit much. Yeah. Then you also have the other thing is my suspension disbelief. So this is based off of inspired by true events as we just tackled before. Sure. But there, I, I don't know medicine now, particularly medicine and uh, <laughs> and how to keep somebody alive in the early 1800s. But no man, those wounds, and he fell off a fucking cliff into a tree on a horse. He got stabbed and shot I don't know how many fucking yeah, times. Yeah, no, look. He's not... Alexander Hamilton got shot right between his Kenny, ribs. Kenny, yeah. And he died. Yeah. His son got shot. He died. In the hip, he yeah. died. I, I mean... This man got chunks of him removed. He fucking And then buried in bear. dirt. He's going to die of an infection. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just like that. Just like that. Yeah, that's how most people die. Like, something happens, it's like, oh, wow. Four days later, it's like, oh, shit, that's infected. Well, I'm yeah, dead. yeah. Well, yeah. Exactly, because your body rots. Like, I mean, the, 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 the guy said it in the movie. Like, your body, your body is rotting. That's what happens. I think in the, in the screenplay originally, um, he's supposed to, instead of, like, whatever these herbs are or whatever mm-hmm. um, he puts like maggots and that's what you're supposed to do because maggots eat the rotten flesh and then you're fine but yeah I don't want to live in that time I just don't. that's what they do what if you could live in a different era I think we probably would not be no I know no I'm saying what would it be um I would probably be like this it would probably be like the 60s Maybe the 80s. Probably the 80s. 80s is cheating. You were born in the 80s. No, but I would want to be like an adult in the 80s. No, I would probably say the 60s. If I had to go like past past, I would say like the 20s, like Prohibition. Mm. I would definitely run a speakeasy. I like... I mean, that's just your total vibe. Look at you. Yeah, exactly. That just fits and matches. No, I don't know because... I think more so the 60s because it was all about, like, you know, like, the bra burning and, like, women's freedom and stuff. And, like, then I could actually wear, get to wear my sweatpants and people wouldn't judge me. Jeans. Because, like, in the 20s, women only wore dresses. 
I would be so uncomfortable all the time. What about you? I'm not going to tackle any of that. Uh, yeah. Really interesting. I'd be probably the 50s and the 60s. Mm. Like, I just, just want to be on Mad Men. <laughs> I just want to be on Mad Men, smoke cigarettes, you know, have, have fun. Um, was there a, did you have a favorite scene? Um, yeah, I liked, um, you know, the, I really liked the, um, introduction of, um, not the introduction of, of the, the rest of the crew, but, like, when they had to, like, evacuate and, like, all the personalities that kind of came out. Mm -hmm. So that whole scene when, like, they were on the boat and then they got off the boat and they were going up the mountain and stuff and all of that. Um, I liked that uh, a lot. And, you know, you got to see, like, the different personalities there. Um, I really liked... um, I thought the mauling scene, even though it was awful to watch, it, I mean, it was good. I mean, yeah, I mean, that bear listened to him. I mean, what a great director. Just kidding. I know. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I'm just, this is why I normally talk, because number one, you can't convince me that you actually watched this movie. Yeah, I do. I have all these notes. And number two. There were two sw- big swerves in this movie. I like the swerves. Mm-hmm. Swerve, they were attacked right at the beginning. You didn't know that was going to happen right at the beginning. Then psh, psh, arrows just coming out of the trees. That's what, how those arrows sound again. Psh, psh. Okay. Yeah, it's a psh. Mm-hmm. How do you? How do arrows sound to you? What What else was your other swerve? My other swerve was the French are raping the girl. The French had had the girl, mm-hmm. and they were making trades with with the with the tribe, and yep. they had her the whole time. It was a big swerve. Big swerve. Uh, Big swerve, Barry Windham. I think you've done that before. So the other scenes I was referencing earlier um, that I particularly like, besides the the two most famous ones that everyone knows, uh, the whole sequence of Hawk getting murdered and then uh, Fitzgerald trying to murder Glass as well, like that whole stretch is just painful and... Really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple others that's going to tip my hand to MVP later. Um, the the and the French ambush after uh, after Lass's um, friend, if you want to call him that, the guy he eats snow with and bison meat with, uh, yeah, is is hung is, is and he and he say and he rescues the girl and you know yeah. that that's rightfully tense and very very yeah, good. Yeah, that's a good scene. Um, I like that when he's inside the horse scene. As well. I get it going on that. I don't like that we watch that like in real time. So again, like it's a two and a hour and 36 minute movie. Yeah, yeah. And it takes him from like, it takes him like in real time, like nine minutes to like. To carve that horse. Carve up? the horse and like make himself like hide like a little tauntaun in like there. Like a what? Like a tauntaun. Like a But like I said it like Sarah Shockey doing Enzo Amore. <laughs> um, He's a what? A tauntaun. It uh, was a little long in the, in the, in the tooth for me. Um, because also around that time, like, the movie starts getting formulaic and a little dull. So, like, once he's back, like, you know what's going to happen. Like, oh, you know. yeah, you know. Fitzgerald is going to go on a rampage and have to leave. And it's going to, you're building up to this climactic fight. And I, I think the fight uh, really sticks the landing. It's good. It's worth the wait. It doesn't, it, it's not too quick. Um... Because everything before that, like, leading up to it's a little anticlimactic. Because you lose uh, the Domino Gleason character. Um, y- you know. Yeah, it was all, like, a bit... Meh. Yeah. Kind like, of like, like... Yeah, the, like, the, the I was expecting the 20 minutes. I don't know what I was expecting the 20 minutes. I mean, I guess that's the realistic way how it would shake out. But once it gets to just Hardy and DiCaprio and kind of, like, their war words and then getting into the fight... That's great. Between uh, the final insult that Fitzgerald throws the glass about his dead son, his reaction to getting his fingers cut off, like all the stabbings and, and everything, it's it's a perfect 
crescendo to what we've just fucking lived through for two hours and 20 minutes. Um, I guess it's ambiguous endings for our hero month on yep. <laughs> movies. Because we had Drive uh, last week, and now we have The Revenant, where, you know, the movie ends with, you know, our hero potentially, you know, in his final moments, but we don't know for sure because, you know, he's either... Better fucking be the final moments. He's been through fucking everything. He'll be dead. He's hallucinating his his deceased wife or, or imagining that chapter being done with. Leo's basically just breaking the fourth wall, staring at the camera like, fucking give me the, the award. Please. God, I have to what kill myself. What more do I need to do? Yeah. What else do I have to do here? Yeah. Um, so, like, I like... That stuff. Uh, did you have a particular least favorite scene? Um, I, I thought just, no, I didn't. But I also, at the same time, did not like every scene because of that elongation of them. And, mm-hmm. and like, like I just said, like, I like that horse scene, but I agree with you. Nine minutes. It could have been. It could have been four, and still could have, would have had the same effect, yeah. kind of thing. So I liked. I think the scenes and the shots were beautiful, but it just dragged on too long, and it made it. It made it sour to me. There's a stretch. So when Hugh, who's been like partially buried alive, like comes to right, like he he escapes his makeshift grave and checks on his now deceased son and kind of commiserates yeah, with him. Yeah, and he just lays there and for lays 45 there minutes. And then, like, he he pulls himself up and he gets going and whatever. Like, that, I feel like, was like half an yeah, hour. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was unnecessary. Not because we don't want to see him grieving. We don't want to... But, like, I felt you didn't need that because it was so powerful... <laughs> How he was reacting when he was like unable to talk mm-hmm. or move, and he was yep. just like, mm, mm, like that. That was powerful. Yeah. The and, longer and the longer I wallow in it, the effect wears off. Exactly. By, ma- by exactly. making it by making it longer, it's not accentuating the right. the, the effect. despair or or the yeah. pain. Yeah, it's, it's almost, just turning it, me off you're of just it. Wallowing in it. Yeah, it's turning me off of it. I yeah. think that was my problem with this movie that it. I'm not saying it wasn't a good movie. I'm not saying it wasn't beautifully shot because, like, the the natural light, the scene, the actual, like, scenic views, all of that stuff were gorgeous. It's a beautiful movie. But it's just too long. Yeah. It just takes away. It detracts from it to me. And that's why I didn't like it as much as I feel like I would have had it been, had it been, you know, two hours. You know, you know, a hundred minutes, something like that. Yeah, like on the flip side, so Top Gun Maverick was two hours and like 12 minutes. And I swear that movie felt like it was 50 minutes. Like yeah. that movie, for like pun intended, flew fucking by. Um, there was another one we watched not too long ago that's around this length that I was like, damn, that didn't feel like that at all. Um, and there's others like like... Lightyear was like an hour 40, hour 50. That felt long to me because there's just not enough story on the bone for some movies and they just got to, what they think is style or what they think is thematic, you know, dressing or what they think is character development is just padding. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's becoming... I feel like a, a more consistent problem with movies in that, like, uh, oh, the Batman. The Batman was three fucking hours. The Batman was 20 minutes longer than this movie. I would say it's probably, to me, equally as good in totally different ways. Mm. Um, sure. But I don't get what the accomplishment is about... I always find myself being hypocritical because I am my own worst editor uh, when it comes to writing. 
and even when it comes sometimes to like audio and like certain projects, like I want, of course, you want to cram as much in there because you have all these ideas, right? right? You want to tell yeah. all of the stories. But but then the problem, and this was an argument that I used to make all the time back when we did comedy in college, uh, sketch writing uh, with another group that also did sketch writing was at a certain point you have to think about what you're doing this for. So you do it because you like it, and you do it because you're, you're a creative person. And you but, want to bring joy to people. Yes, that's that's the ultimate what I was getting at, was you're doing it for an audience, a paying audience, conceivably, to enjoy their decision to give you their hard-earned money to be entertained. And if you were just like, giving them more because you feel like you're giving them their bang for their buck. Maybe you're also taking time away <laughs> from like what else they have going on, <laughs> you know, like yeah. limit yourself, come up with a way to tell your story better because there are probably people that will see like the next in arena movie. Cause he has, doesn't have one since then. I believe there's one coming out possibly this year on Netflix from him. Um, I think it's going to be his version of like what, uh, Coron did for Roma, like his like personal story. Um, but there'll be people that probably see the trailer and like, oh, from the die to the revenant. It's like, oh, well, I didn't like that because it was too long. So you're already losing people because you have a reputation. Once you have a way of doing things, it's hard to overcome them because, you know, you have some polarizing movies mm-hmm. that are, you're getting success for, but if you're fine making them for those people, then cool. This movie also did make like $140 million. People wanted a, a Western Pe- frontier it, well, movie. People wanted, it came out at the right time, like in January when the box office little dull. Leonardo DiCaprio was still... Big draw. I mean, I would say six or seven years ago was probably the last time that a star could like open a movie on their own. Like nowadays, like people honestly, it's all... IP like no one's going to a movie because Chris Hemsworth is the star in it. People are going to there no. are pe- plenty of people go no. see a movie because Chris Hemsworth no. is the star. No, no, movie stars are dead. It's all Star Wars or Marvel or sequels or IP or, or something of the matter. No one's going like Tom Cruise used to be that guy. Tom Cruise made box office had blockbusters for like a fifteen year stretch. No matter what he did. People wanted to go see it because of Tom Cruise, because of Will Smith, because of um, Leonardo DiCaprio. But now, it's it's just like music. It's 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 about genre and it's about uh, you but still you still have. I pe- think it's a little bit different, like with directors, maybe. No, I, it's never been about directors. I think so. People go see a Tarantino, like like sure, because it's a Tarantino, a Nolan, because it's a Nolan. But those are also kind of the combination of everything because it's not like those guys are making movies with like no names. Like Tarantino's making movies with Leo and Brad Pitt. Yeah. Christopher Nolan's making movies with fucking Robert Pattinson and uh, Matthew McConaughey. Like it's a combination of things. But it used to be back in the day, you could just slap Robert Redford on a movie poster or Paul Newman or. The Sting Baby. Or fucking whatever. No, you're right. You're right. Um. So this, uh, to me, is like kind of one of those last instances of that really working. Um, and and Leo was, was one that did it. Uh, we're, we're getting into Leo, so I guess we should get into MVP and LVP. Uh, so this was the movie that got Leo his Oscar. I think he's great in this. But you like Tom Hardy more. I, can, I know. Of course you did. Tom Hardy's the best part of this movie by far. <laughs> he, it's insane. I don't think it's close. <laughs> It's insane, and he's, it's so bizarre because it's so different. Like, the thing with Tom Hardy, like, people say, like, oh, these people are such great actors, like, yeah. like, Leo's such a great actor, look at the range he's had from, like, what's eating Gilbert Grape to the Titanic sure. to this, right? But, like, Tom Hardy is insane with, like, the range of characters that he's done. So. Like, this guy is Venom. <laughs> This guy swam in a tank full of lobsters. This guy is to be Venom. A, 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 having a symbiote attached to him. And so this look. guy is Bane. Like, yes, like, but even like the, 
uh, normal characters he's played in like Inception and stuff like that. It's like so Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy always has this like mumble core to him. Like yeah, he's he a always he's always like mm, you know, like you can barely understand. As soon as I saw like his first line, I was like, oh, close captions going on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's it's hard because it's like the accent. Well, it's all yeah. It's also, also like, like it's his, also the the the, the dialect of the time, and it's also his thing, the combination. His thing, kind of. But he's he's definitely because more. He really got into that dying character. He's definitely more understandable in this than I feel like in some other movies. In terms of like, I was gonna say outgoing. He's not outgoing at all. He's a he's a proper bastard. Um, such an asshole. He's such a fucking dick but everything he does is just captivating so my actual i didn't mention earlier when we were talking about favorite scenes but of all the scenes i was discussing so you know the the big attack uh the murder the climactic fight the the ambush like whatever it is there's also like right in the middle you get this little like monologue character piece for fitzgerald the tom hardy is talking to Will Poulter's character about, who I thought was very good I thought he was great in this. Yeah, he's a really good actor, and I'm glad he's going to be in, like, everything forever now. Um, Where he's telling a story about his dad. Eyebrows. (laughs) Got a great posture? Uh, He's he's basically telling why he is the way he is. It's kind of like a, a, it's a villain monologue about, you know, how... He is the way that he is, and this is why. And scalping and and it's so. I'm just like, this is just as visceral and terrifying as yeah. Leo getting mauled by that bear. I, I think, I think part of the reason why is because he's just so sociopathic. He's just so unaffected. Yeah, he's just saying it like he's reading like the dinner menu. Like yep. it's disgusting. But at the same time, it's great. Um, I did I did have another favorite scene, but it's also, like, I think the grossest scene is when Leo's, like, drinking that water and, like, all that blood's coming out of oh, his Oh, the neck water comes out of his neck and yeah, he has to... And he has the, the, the water and the blood, and then he puts the he has gun... To, he, yeah, he has the, to do the fire to close yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah, he puts, he puts the, the pellets and then yeah. he does the fire. I thought that was an amazing scene. Yeah. Like, honestly, I, I think you're right. I think Tom Hardy is the best part of this movie, but... Even though he doesn't have a lot of lines and all this stuff, Leonardo DiCaprio, I think, does a great he does, job. He does, he does a great job portraying these emotions and all the stuff without words, without a lot of body movement. It feels inauthentic to me. At sometimes, it feels okay. like a person that's like, "I've tried everything. Let me fucking torture myself." To try to get accolades. That's honestly how I felt. It felt put on. Okay. Had the roles... But here's, here's my my final two cents on it in terms of making a decision. If you were to sw- switch the characters, I feel like this movie would almost have somehow been better because Tom Hardy would have been in his natural element being that grumbly, largely nonverbal, you know, survivor, you know, tough guy... And fair. you would have had DiCaprio potentially chewing up scenery, I think you know, fair. a little bit more Calvin Candy-ish. So in their current roles, I think the person that does the better work at making the character believable and well-rounded is Tom Hardy. Because he's the one that's spewing this vile shit and making it where you want revenge to be gotten i'm waiting for the end of the movie not to see if dicaprio can make it i'm waiting for the movie to see if tom hardy's gonna fucking eat it yeah dicaprio was great i I wrote hardy down before the bear scene and then the bear scene happened it's like okay well god damn like dicaprio is really getting punished here but then that's all he ever really does (laughs) like i have i take umbrance with the fact that DiCaprio won an Oscar for such a different role than what he's, like, best at and known for. Like, when you think of, like, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Wolf of Wall Street and fucking Blood Diamond and Catch Me If You Can, all this stuff, like, there's just this charismatic... 
Because that's what Leo has. Damaged soul. And in this, like, it, it just, it's just stripped away from him out of necessity. And because he wanted to do it, it, mm-hmm. it, it, it just something about it just ripped me the wrong way. So I, I, I will, can't believe I'm going to be mad at Mark Rylance all over again. Because uh, uh, Tom Hardy was nominated for Best Supporting Actor in, for this movie. And he lost to Mark Rylance in Bridge of Spies who also beat fucking Sylvester Stallone in Creed. So Mark Rylance, who I've been angry about this entire time, and who very well may be MVP in like two weeks, I think he's like one of my favorite parts of Ready Player One, the one time we saw it. Uh, fuck you, because you did not, I've not seen Bridge fuck of Spies. You. I will never see Bridge of Spies, because it's, it's Bridge of Spies. Um, unless somebody buys it and sends it to me, then we'll watch Bridge of Spies. Uh, you know Carly's gonna do there, it. There's no way that he's as good of a performance as fucking Tom Hardy in this movie and Sylvester Stallone Creed. It's not possible. Uh, whereas, meanwhile, I want to look up, I forgot to look at this prior, what, um, what, who Leo beat for his recognition. Let me pull that quickly. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Where'd you go, Leo? There we go. This is after five nominations. This was his first win. So he defeated uh, Brian Cranston and Trumbo. Okay. Matt Damon in The Martian. That's fine. Uh, Michael Fosbender in Steve Jobs and Eddie Rain- Redmayne in The Danish Girl. Yeah, yeah so, it's a weak so, year. So, yeah, so Leo's winning this year. It's uh, a weak year. And then the other two people that Rylance beat. Besides uh, Hardy and Stallone were Christian Bale in The Big Short and Mark Ruffalo in Spotlight. So I thought Mark Ruffalo was really good in Spotlight. Uh, is he the MVP? Then I think we have Michael Keaton. I don't remember. He does dial it up a little bit. He has a couple overacting moments. I mean, it's just that's how Mark Ruffalo is, yeah. though. So Tom Hardy is the MVP of The Revenant, which does make him a two-time MVP. Caprio, I believe, was already on this list. He would have to be, right? Uh, I don't know how many Leonardo DiCaprio movies we've seen. I know we've got. We did Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, yeah, and that's the only one for him. Yeah, because we haven't really done a lot. We we did. We haven't done well, hardly any. We did Inception, which Tom Hardy we got the MVP right, right. for. So well, Tom Hardy's just robbing DiCaprio. Yeah, fuck you, DiCaprio. Of these uh, these MVPs like crazy. All right, I mean, so Tom he's Hardy. He's a great actor. He's a great actor. I think he's really underutilized, he underrated. Does. Are you talking about Tom Hardy? Yes. I, no, Leonardo DiCaprio is not. I do think underrated. that Tom Hardy at times does fall. I can. I would classify him as like the actor in a reboot for me, and that like I. I mean, I really, really like him, and when he's on, like I love him in this. I love him in Inception. I love him in Warrior. Um, I what love movie? him in so much. Shut, fuck, shut the fuck up. What movie? Uh, but then there's others like Venom and other things that he does where I'm just like, you're just doing the same fucking thing. He's just being himself. Yeah, it just, it just, it, and it's hard to be himself and in, in that way and have it cross over into different genres. Like he's basically pigeonholing himself. Sure. And I, I think he could do better. Uh, LVP. It's difficult because there's not a lot of people that like. There's a lot of inconsequential people that are like a part of like the groups, but they, so I they have, get killed off pretty quick. Yeah, so I have, I do have two. Sure. Um, it's somebody that I know you've mentioned before and just not liking. Oh, I, I hate him. I think Domino Gleason. Domino is, Gleason can suck a dick. Yeah, problems you have with Bill Weasley. Um, he was a terrible Bill Weasley. I think he's very miscast in this movie. He's miscast in every movie. No. So he shouldn't be an actor. No. He was the worst part of Peter Rabbit. That's not true. According to this, that's not true at all. Um, I, I think I didn't think he was miscast until uh, Glass comes back and he's like on this like war path to like take Fitzgerald down and he's like yelling and being mean. I was just like. You are not this person at all. It just does not. Yeah, because he's soft. Um, he ultimately would not be my vote. Oh, he's my vote. Uh, you probably will end up getting it. Uh, I didn't like the kid that played Hawk because I felt like that was such an important character. Yeah. 
An so important made-up character. Despite the misgivings of the fact that he's not real. Um, I just thought a better actor would have made that connection with him and his dad stick a little bit more. Yeah. It, and, it, like, the scene where he dies and the scene where he's sticking up for his dad and stuff later on, like... It's just, not just, super convincing. Yeah, it's not. There's not a lot of chemistry there. Yeah. Um, I'm good with either one of those. Um, well... You've tried enough. I'm gonna let you have it. I'm gonna give you Donald Gleason because I, I, I mean, I would the whole movie. I was like, man, I, it's gonna probably have to be this hawk kid because, you know, the two or three scenes he had with Leo when he dies, I didn't feel that emotional gut punch. Like Leo had to get me there. The kid couldn't get me there. But when Donald Gleason's like out and about, like yelling for Fitzgerald and mean mugging and doing all this shit. Like I'm just holding like... holding the gun up and like, stuff. You are not this dude <laughs> at all. So, um, yeah, so Domino Gleason. Yeah, but Will Poulter, like you said, does a great job. Yeah, no, I thought um, I thought he was... I thought he was great um, in what he got to do. I like the guy that played uh, Cook, who was the... Um, his friend that they... His friend that gets hung. Him, yeah. Yep. And it's really Dang. about it. Um... I did notice, uh, shout out to this guy, um, the character, the actor who played Billy Brother Trapper, I didn't recognize, it's Adult Smalls in, no, it's not Adult Smalls, it's actual, it's Smalls in the Sandlot. Huh. Like the kid, I thought it was like the adult one, I'm like, no, they gotta be like 70 years old, 70 That's years old. That's crazy. Now. Yeah. Uh, I do believe this is Domino Gleason's first LVP, I know you've been trying and trying and trying, but let me just confirm that to see. There might have been another one that you managed to convince me on. And, oh yeah, yeah, he's got a previous LVP. Oh, you know what? I know what it's for. Probably for Force Awakens. Yeah, fuck him. If I had to guess. Fuck him. Yeah, so now Domino Gleason. So we have two, uh, two multis. Two multis for this movie. Two, uh, two MVPs for Tom Hardy and two LVPs for Domino Gleason. And I mean, you would think that he would be better just because of, like, the family he comes oh, from. Oh, so you just have a vendetta against this guy. Well, yeah. I, think, he, I, I mean, I, his I loved, family's full of great actors. I loved him in Ex Machina. I've liked him in other things. I think he's nowhere near as bad as you say he is in Peter Rabbit. But I think when he's... Only because you're too fixated on James Corden and Peter Rabbit. That's not a fact at all. Yes, uh, it is. If it was anyone else other than James Corden... Who would be the LVP of Peter Rabbit? I'd find somebody else. Um, Fump. Fump. Um, I think when he's put into these, like, authority, he's not an authoritative, authoritative like, yeah, he's so, presence. Right. Little ginger, yeah. little ginger So when ginger he's, like, boy. yelling as uh, Hux or whatever in Star Wars, and when he's, like, this, and, like, a frontier warpath, I'm just, like... It just doesn't fit. I just don't believe it. You don't. You don't get to that level. And I feel like they would have like killed all the gingers anyway in like the eighteen twenties, right? <laughs> like they... witchcraft yeah, and stuff. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, I don't know how that works. Um, well, I wasn't there either. I don't know. <laughs> Anything else on the record? Nope, I'm good. It's score time. Uh, you drew it, so it means I score it first, which means I'm going to get to draw, which when I draw, I'm going to need to take a second to make sure it's something we can do. I have to make a judgment call there at the time. Uh, I liked it a lot. I was shocked as I was sitting here. I was like, man, I can't believe I'm actually liking I'm an interview. I'm shocked at how much It's definitely, like of, it. of the three, it's definitely my favorite interview movie between this Birdman and, uh, Babel. and Babel. Uh And it's bolstered by Tom Hardy's Virtuoso villain performance, DiCaprio, like award-winning performance, three or four, absolutely captivating and engrossing sequences of filmmaking. I'm gonna give this movie an eight. Oh wow! Okay. So I, so I think like you've scared me a little bit here because. I can appreciate how beautiful this movie is. I've said it a lot. I mean, I don't think anyone can watch this movie and say it's not beautifully done. Because mm -hmm. it really is. But my biggest problem is that it's just way too long. And I'm just not engaged with the story, but, you know, I wouldn't go out and but, see this movie. Like, that's yeah. not... And that should yeah. impact your score. I mean. yeah, yeah, but, you know, I'm also... 
aware that my personal biases can't, shouldn't, you know, give, give a movie of this caliber, like, a one or anything like that, you know? Um, but if it was tighter, I would have liked it more. I still think that there were some good things about it, some some good acting. Um, the build-up to your score is equaling the length of this movie. Oh, good. That's what I was going for. So that way everyone could know how painful mm-hmm. it was to actually go through. I'm going to give it... Um, I think you swayed me a bit. I'm going to give it a seven. Seven? Okay. Swayed me a bit there. That's what I'm good at. Seven and a half on The Revenant. I'm going to reach into the box, which is overflowing with cards. Ridiculous. Yeah, you should probably stop buying movies. No, never. I'm going to go down here. Let's see what we got. What is this? Oh, gosh. It's not a great reaction. Oh, I think I know what this is. Oh, no. I think you're going to have to put it back in. I don't think we can stream it, whatever it is. Uh, I think you might be right. What the fuck is this? What I, is it? I don't know. Well, I, I can't say it in case we can't do it. Okay, it is this. Oh, God. I really don't want to watch this. Fuck, it's like everywhere. All right. It's on Hulu and it's on HBO Max. We will be watching. And we bought this because of you. Because of me. I think. Because of me. The 2011... Taylor Lautner movie Abduction. <laughs> yeah, this this sounds like me. This sounds like this something sounds I would like have done. This sa- we, sounds like something no, no, I would no, have this done. This sounds like when we had that thing for a year where we went to Barnes and Noble and the uh, one person got to pick whatever movie they wanted to buy no, for no. five dollars. No, it was it. They had specifically four dollar ninety nine cent movies, and each of us got to pick one of them, whichever one we wanted. I don't think that was a part of it, though. I think that was somewhere else, and I just, like, put it in the cart or something like that. Because it's like, come on, come on. How many, over, under, and how many times he doesn't have a shirt on in this movie? I've never seen this movie before, either. Nobody saw this fucking movie. No, Taylor Lautner saw this movie. This, ended his career. No, that's not true. He, Twilight ended his career. Come on, it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. It's on HBO Max and Hulu. Why? So. Who is watching this movie? I don't know. Oh, I'm excited for I'm this. I'm so mad. <laughs> it's not often where, like, look, we're so busy. God damn it, I started in such a good mood and Taylor Lautner ruined it. Ugh. Who else is at least in this movie? Is there anybody I else? Lily Collins, Alfred Molina, Sigourney Weaver, Maria Bello, Jason Isaac. There's, like, really good people in this movie. Oh, I thought it was Denzel Washington. It's Denzel Whitaker. Dermot Mulroney. Jason Isaacs. I, I, mean... I already said that. You don't listen at all. God. Well, everyone will hear all about it in, like, four weeks' time. Uh, next week, episode 400, our gimmick is we watch the highest-ranked movie. Uh, at our last 50-episode benchmark that neither one of us have seen uh, that we own, and that movie is It's a Wonderful Life, which I can't believe another one of us has never seen before. I know, I know, and we're going to watch it with Jillian, because it's in her book. We of, are, of and movies. hopefully she doesn't get totally bored by it, because it is, I believe, a two-plus-hour black-and-white movie oh. with no animation in it. So. She's absolutely going to be well, bored. we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll, we'll watch The Revenant with her then instead. There's no way she'll be bored, but she will be scarred for life. Thank you for listening to this episode of Married with Movies. We encourage you, as always, go to arcadeaudio.net for this podcast and the others in our network of shows. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Facebook.com slash MarriedWithMovies at MarriedWMovies on Twitter. MarriedWithMovies at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the show. For me, at your host, Melt38 on Instagram. For you. At Jam with your Sam. Actually, had to think about it there for yeah. a second for some mm-hmm, reason. Mm-hmm. Arcadeaudio.net slash podblogger for my retro wrestling diary this week's episode is Survivor Series 1996. Oh my god. Madison Square Garden. Double main event. The end of it made me cry. (laughs) As a kid. Not like when I just watched it. I will say I'm I'm, so I'm watching more shows as we prepare for you know moving and possibly not having time. Uh, The next show that I will watch not that it's going to be 
posted for a few weeks, is the last show of 1996. Oh so, my gosh, you've made it. Yeah, it feels, it's like The Revenant. It felt, like, it felt a lot quicker than 95, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah, 95. You were watching 95 for like seven 97 years. 97 is going to take forever because ECW starts. And oh, there's, there's going to be literally great. like, tw- and it's going to take me half a year. I don't, I don't give any fucks. But the people out there do. That's who's listening, right? You're not writing it for me, right? I don't do anything for you. I'm aware. We're all aware. Who's all? The people listening. Everyone in our lives. Jillian. Charlie's Color Form City. Yeah! Yeah. But the best part of that is not so much the voice. It's like the face she does. Yeah. She's trying to be you so bad. And I'm like, kid, so bad. stop like, shooting down. I know. Reach like, for the stars. Aim higher, baby. Yeah, aim don't, higher. Don't try to be your mom. Try to be your dad. <laughs> for mullet. This is mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. We say about a kid that grabbed another soccer ball to try to add it to the game in her first soccer game on Saturday. Yeah, it was her first game. But she did that kick. It was a great kick. She kicked it in. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. They won the game. I've never seen her so exhausted in my entire it was life. Great. We should just make her play soccer as a punishment. <laughs>